Workers Beat. I'm Gene Lance, the beautiful redhead. Bonnie Mathias. Good morning. She is so cheerful. You must you must have gotten a new president. I did get a new president. <laughs> oh my and a new vice president. And it's just been fabulous. And on the Workers Beat, we always talk about everything from the point of view of working Work. families. We like to start with things that you can do. News you can use. On January 25th at 10 o'clock in the morning, the Texas AFL-CIO will host an online roundtable in which working people affected by COVID-19 discuss the State Labor Federation's legislative fair shot agenda in light of their experience in the pandemic. Cool. January the 28th is the deadline to see the movie Stand about a strike in Canada. I think it costs 10 bucks though. Oh, really? You have to, you write stand-movie.com. Oh, wait, right. February the 8th, the Amazon workers in Bessemer, Alabama, are supposed to vote on whether they will form a union with the Retail, Wholesale, and Department Store Union, RWDSU, UFCW. So it's United Food and Commercial Workers. Of course. Yeah, retail, retail clerks became part of the United Food and Commercial Workers a long time ago. So yeah, I yeah. guess this particular local kept the long, really long name. And that's, that's awesome. I know, you know, we have a lot of retail employees in uh, NCWA mm-hmm. and communications workers in America with all of the AT&T mobility stores. I see. Yes. The salespersons, the people who work in those that's stores. Right. That's right. So... Uh, there's a deadline for high school students to apply for Texas AFL-CIO scholarships. That that deadline has been extended to February the 16th. That's great. And that's all I have. People, people probably should talk because I know there's a bunch of stuff going on that they didn't tell me about. Oh, I know Thursday morning at 10 a.m. we have a Texas AFL-CIO executive board meeting. I see. So that's uh, we're going to be discussing, of course, the... Legislative session. The Fair Shot Agenda. Yeah, the Fair Shot Agenda. I'm excited about that. Yeah, let me give the phone number, 972-647-1893. And then let me give out Ed Sill's email address again. Because when when the legislature is on, you don't know what's going on. And really, a lot of it is evil. A whole lot is evil. I don't want to scare you, but it's true. Oh, my god! Some really terrible things come out of the Texas legislature. They are just horrible. And you really need to watch them, but you're not going to be able to because what happens is that the regular news services report on all this stuff after it happens. Yeah, yeah. After it's already passed and the hammer's already fallen or the gavel has already fallen, then you find out. But if you if you get Ed Sill's newsletter... Yes. Ed, Ed Seals from the Texas AFL-CIO, you can stay up. Just send an email to ed at Texas AFL-CIO. Ed at Texas AFL-CIO. Yes. And, and he, he will keep you up to date on day by day what's coming up in the legislature and who to call to stop it. Yes. 972-647-1893. We have a call, so I'm going to sign off of Facebook Live because you can't hear the callers. So listen at 89.3 FM or KNON.org. Thank you. Thank you for calling KNON. Good morning. 
Yes, uh, buddy, and uh, Gene, how you doing this morning? Hey, All right. Bonnie, good morning, brother. Well, I love your brother, for real. Of course and you I, are. I, Gene, we family, man. We came from the same place. Mm-hmm. But I want to get the people out here, especially that pastor down there at the church and the, the sporting uh, Trump. I mean, uh, what's his name? Hitler? I mean, Trump. I want him <laughs> to tell you something. I got two honorable discharges. I fought for this country so nobody wouldn't have to wear guns. And they want pack guns. That's old. They need to redo that one. But uh-huh. I'm reading the Bible this morning on 25 and 26 in Matthews. 25, 26 is always. The, the, the very one that the two club glance they, they, they represent is Christ, Jesus. Then Jesus said, them that live by the sword, die by the sword. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, but it confuses me. When they burn crosses and, and, and hurt people and kill people, I'm confused. Are they really Christians? Or are they just <laughs> they just using the? You're talking about you're talking about the pastor up in. I, I, I don't carry guns because I believe that guns kill. Yes. Guns kill. Yes. And that's why I went to Vietnam so we wouldn't have to carry guns. So you're talking about that pastor in Frisco, the one that told his uh, people to arm themselves because he heard voices. And the voices had been talked. Voices said that God uh, wanted Trump to have another four years. I'm talking about him, and I'm talking to one downtown. He knew you were talking about. Oh, Robert Jeffers. Jeffers. Yeah. Powerful man. He might have me killed. Is he? Is is he also asking people to get armed? No, he's just weird. No, he don't have to. He just. (laughs) They already are. In the Pentagon, they don't have to carry guns. They just send us soldiers out to fight. Yeah, that's right. The rich white folks. They just send. Your kids and my neighbor's kids. Yeah, they send them. They don't send their kids. I think yeah. that's true in general. Yeah. All right, well, thank you very much, Imani. I want to give you one thing. Please, people, the next thing Hitler, I mean, no, what they'll try to do is, like, they'll read, Hitler went to prison first. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll go off and he'll come back. And uh-huh. he'll do something that we can't afford. So we can, I, you know, it's like, Bonnie, I'm going to put it like this. We on the Titanic. I'm on the fifth floor. I see the, I see the, I see the, the iceberg, and I'm trying to tell the folks at the at the helm up there, hey man, turn the damn ship around. We got to do it real quick. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Imani. And you can call us too at nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. What what people are 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 worrying about, and I think it's really a silly argument, but the. They're worrying about whether or not Congress should go ahead with the impeachment. Oh, for Christ! Since Mr. Oh, Trump is already is already out of office, and they're saying, "Oh, let's just move on." Uh, no, you can forget all about the people that that raided the the state the Capitol and uh, stole stuff and and tore up stuff and wrote on the walls. We should just move on because that's the way you do unity. You should if somebody. Somebody pokes you in the eye, then you you, embra- you embrace them because that's the way. Do you, you sh- let them poke you in your other eye? Well, that's what they'll do. No, <laughs> we cannot let this go. Okay. You have got to understand if he and his followers mm-hmm. are not prosecuted and held accountable for what they've done, uh-huh. it will happen again. Right. And again and again and again. And we cannot allow that at all. That is not the America that my dad fought for or Imani or anybody else in this country who's a veteran or an activist. 
Mm-hmm. If I go rob a bank and and I, you know, I then I get elected to office, are you going to let me go? Yeah. Because I got elected? You're just, oh, it's okay. She's elected to office now. We don't have to hold her accountable for that old bank robbery. Okay. What about this guy? This is one of the rioters. Oh, Jesus. And uh, he told his children that if they said anything, he was going to kill them. <laughs> Holy mother of God, are you serious? He threatened to kill his own children if they turned him in. That's what it said There's in the article. for him. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. So, we're supposed to just move on. Some people are saying that. And there's arguments for it. Some people like Lindsey Graham, Sister Lindsey. <laughs> Lindsey Graham is a congressperson. Sister Lindsey, she says, just let it go. Just let it go. LBR, you're dividing the country. You this is one of the people who go. did divide the country. Yes. So the country is divided because of these guys. We can't. I mean, they, actually, they, actually, they actually voted to overthrow democracy. Yes. The majority of Republicans in the Congress, in the House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. I just heard this last night from Kenneth Williams, who knows stuff. He calls calls this station every now and then and explains stuff to us. He's smart. Uh, I believe him. I do, too. He said that the majority of the Republicans in the House of Representatives voted to overthrow the election. And, uh, And I think that was after the riot. Yeah, it was. Good morning. Thanks for calling KNON. Oh, hey, uh, I heard something last night on Red Eye Radio, and uh, I found out that this morning it wasn't true. They were saying that uh, Chief Justice John Roberts was not going to hear the case and that he was just going to ignore it. Now, I may, have you heard anything about that rumor? I know it isn't true, but what have you heard about that? I think I'm hoping in vain. When they have an impeachment trial in the Senate, it is presided over by, by the Chief, Chief Justice. Justice. I don't know that... It's not a question of his being able to say, I'm not going to hear it. No. I guess he could say he's going to put his hands over his ears. Yeah. I'm going to put my hands over my ears and I'm not going to hear it. Maybe that's what he meant. What they're actually actually saying seriously on Red Eye Radio was that he is really, I mean, this is what they are saying. It's not true. It's fake news, y'all. This is fake news. What they are saying is that they are hoping that John Roberts is going to uh, oh say it's unconstitutional. He's just going to decide to take himself out of it. That's what they're saying. Well, I want, I want that's not, that's not true, of course. Go yeah, ahead. I know. I know. Before, before I move on, before y'all move on, I want to say one thing. We need to not be nice to people who say the girl word in public. We need to not be nice to people who say they supported Trump. We need to make it to where they do not say that in public. It may be a small victory to get people to quit saying that six-letter word. I was talking about the girl word. To get them to quit saying it, to be embarrassed and never say that in public, that may seem like a small victory. But if we can get people to just not mention that they supported Trump, don't say that in public. (laughs) There's going to be trouble when you do that. And some of it may be the kind of trouble you don't want to see. And the police may come. And I may be the one to call them. This is going to be a ruckus right now. Quit saying that word. All right. Thanks for letting us know. That, that, I think that was the same caller who called a couple of years ago who yeah. said that Mr. Trump would try to call out the Army and to, uh, to uh, overthrow the government. And he did. Well, he, he wanted to. He wanted to. He, he the tried. chiefs of staff made it very clear that if they call us, we're not going. We're not going. Uh, so so that, that little avenue closed. The paper today says... That he also had a scheme 
to appoint an attorney general who would turn the Justice Department. An inspector general. To, well, anyway, to yes. overthrow the overthrow the election. Yes, in, in Georgia. He was trying they, to... They it, talked him out of it. Yeah, he was trying to put an inspector general in place that would take the results of the Georgia election and throw them out. Throw them out. Well, and he also, of course, he, I don't know if he knew he was being recorded. Isn't that sedition? But he, but just, he actually begged the, the, oh, the uh, elections. Oh, the Secretary guy. of State. Yeah. To, to, to quote, find. Find me, find me 12,000 votes, man. I need 11,780 votes. And he Just said you should more. find them. You can find them. Yeah. Find them. And so that, I don't know, if that's not sedition, I don't know what is. 972-647-1893. I want to talk about the Central Labor Council meeting because I was very happy with it. Were you? I was. Because Central Labor Council, Dallas AFL-CIO, met on Thursday, mm-hmm. and I thought that the news had changed. I thought there was a, a definite shift when we got reports from locals. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, the speakers, uh, representatives of different union locals around here, uh, had some really good things to say. The, the Transport Workers Union, 18,000 laid-off people at American Airlines are coming back to work. Yep. I thought... That was like the heavens had parted, you Man, know. That was awesome. And that of course, was absolutely uh, awesome. And Renda, she was speaking for the Southwest Airlines Southwest uh, flight attendants, I believe. She's, yes. And yes. She said that also things were looking up over there. Yes. And uh, nobody got furloughed uh, at Southwest like what they had they had yeah. threatened. And they didn't take the ten percent cut either that that's, the company tried to force them to take. That's right. That's right. So and Kenneth Stretcher reported they were they were recruiting thirty people a week. Yes. Yes. Or I think he must have been talking about the Texas a State Employees Union. Yes. That's, that's a very right. and that's part that's of your right. union too. That isn't is it? CWA, right? Texas. So they were getting new people. Uh, the the next morning, this was after. Well, no. One more thing from the Central Labor Council meeting, uh, Judy Bryant. Yes. She said that after after four years of having public education lambasted and the unions kicked around all over the room, that Jill, Dr. Jill Biden, yes. had brought the presidents of the two largest uh, school employees unions yep. to the White House on the first day. That's right. The American Federation of Teachers and the National Education Association, both presidents met with Dr. Jill Biden. In the White House. In the White House. On the first day. So she said that that was awesome. Yes. And I thought yes. I thought so, too. Oh, my God. So the sun began to come through the clouds. We have adults in charge For the labor movement. <laughs> The next day, I saw that union density has gone up. Well, there you go. Now, that's the first time that I've seen that, and I believe it's the first time anybody's seen it since 1957. Actually, in Texas, union density has increased over the last three years I think in actu- Texas. I think in Texas, the actual number of, of uh, union members has actually gone up. Yes, in, yes. In just the raw numbers. See, nationally, we lost members. Right. Because right. everybody lost everybody. There's there's uh, 16, 000, 16 million people on unemployment. Right. So a lot of people. We all lost members, but the unions didn't lose as many as everybody else. We were able to hang on to more jobs because we have unions. Because we have a union. Yeah. And so union density, the per, the the percentage of the workforce that has a union, went up by point five 
a half of a percent. That's that's a lot. In 2020. Yeah. And if it, it'll really go up if they pass the PRO Act. Oh, my gosh. What's PRO stand for, do you remember? Protect... The right to, right organize. to organize. Protect right. the right to organize. Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing a little uh, helping out uh, USW uh, in their. Which union is that? That's uh, United Steelworkers, uh-huh. and they represent. Uh, they actually have the North Texas oh, Public Employees Union, uh-huh. which is like uh, uh, county employees. Uh-huh. So I've been working with and calling folks in the juvenile department to uh, talk to them about joining the union. Which union? The steelworkers. It's, it's the steelworkers. Uh-huh. Local 9487. Mm-hmm. I hope that's right. <laughs> Sorry if it's not. So that's a, that's a really good thing to be doing. Absolutely, man, because it's so important. I talked to a couple of folks yesterday. Uh, one has 11 years, the other one has 18 years. Mm-hmm. One of them didn't even know they had a union there. I see. And they've been representing those folks since 2005. I see. So, see? In, Texas, do, it's, in Texas, it's hard to organize. Texas makes it harder than... hard. Probably harder than any state, but certainly harder than some states. Yeah, because we, we're pro-business here. Pro-business. Pro-business here. Yeah, that's right. That's according to Governor Wheels. I mean, uh, Abbott. <laughs> 972-647-1893 is the number. You don't have to listen to our opinions. You, you can, can give yours. yours. That's right. 972-647-1893. So I want to tell, I want to do a shout out to all the folks out there that are either already signed up or are going to sign up to run for city council and run for school board. We at the Dallas AFL-CIO is going to be doing candidate screenings. So once the uh, cutoff is reached, I, I I know it's sometime in February. February the 12th, 12th okay. is the deadline for filing. All right. So February the 14th around there, start looking in your mailbox and make sure you fill out those questionnaires and get them back to the Dallas AFL-CIO. Because if you don't return the questionnaire... You're not going to be part of the interview process. Well, they should. Anybody that's going to run for city council in Dallas should let the Dallas FLCO know. Yes. And I don't know that. I don't know if they're uh, if they've set up a particular email, but they can just use mine. It's genelance19 at gmail dot com. Because Gene's and, the communications director for and, our. And Lance is L-A-N-T-Z, yeah. Tango Zulu at it's the end. German thing. So Gene Lance 19 at com. If you're going to run and if you're interested in getting Labor's endorsement, it's That's the right. most important endorsement you can get. Because in Dallas it is. It's working people. Absolutely. And Absolutely. everybody works. And working people are the ones who actually interview those candidates. Mm-hmm. It's our members who interview those candidates. So, you know, you're getting an honest look at the candidates. Right. Now, Pre- Secretary Treasurer Louis Fulbright and President David Lopez at the AF of LCO mm-hmm. said that they're going to have the, the political committee meet in the coming week. And they're also going to work out uh, strategic planning in the coming week. So, uh, so it, this is the time to get in if you are interested in running city council. Now, one thing that they really want is they want union members to run. Yes. Because union members have increasingly run and won. Won? 
elections over the last few years. We have to break. All Take right. a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Slave all <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're back on the workers' beat with Bonnie Mathias and Jean Lance. You can call us at 972-647-1893. Good morning. Thanks for calling K and Win. Hello. Good morning. I got a couple quick questions. Uh, you know, since uh, government Abbott butted in on our uh, way, we wanted to distribute uh, the vaccine here in uh-huh. Dallas County. Uh, I'm hoping all the people. Uh, took that as up to all the people that needed the vaccine in the communities that are being hit the hardest, took that as a slap across the face, basically a threat to your life. So I hope they vote against Mr. Abbott okay. when his chance to come reelected comes up. What's uh, the other one? First. And my other point is, you know, or my question is, and you can tell me some of the answers, I'm sure. In Europe and other parts of the world, they have a political party that's basically the worker party. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Why do we not have that third party or a worker's party uh, basically sponsored and directed by the union movement we do. Uh, in those countries? Why do we not have that in America? And how can we make that come to fruition? All right. Why don't we have a worker's party? I'm glad Randy brought that up. We do have a working, we have a party. It's called the Working Families Party. There's, and there they is actually, a family working they have, family. Yes, right. And they're getting people elected mm-hmm. all up and down the East Coast. And uh, one of my friends, Arthur Schwartz, is running for a position in New York City. Another one of my friends is running for a position in New York City. And they both are out of the Working Families Party. Mm-hmm. The Working Families Party is a special case and a little bit hard to explain. It but is. in some in some states, and New York is one of them, they have what they call fusion so that you can run as the Workers' Party candidate and as the Democratic Party candidate, both. Yes. And they will, and, and when people vote, they can say, I'm voting for Arthur as workers' families, mm-hmm. working families. Mm-hmm. Or they can say, I'm voting for him as a Democrat. As a Democrat. And they will count it separately. So that people will know how the Working Families Party is doing. You can't do that in Texas, so that's why that's why a lot of people don't even know that Working Families exists in Texas. But it does. It does. Yes, it does. And they claim to represent Working Families. However, they're not a Workers' Party because a Workers' right. Party is founded on is based on the unions. Right. When Randy when Randy talks about the the parties in Europe and other places, you have to remember that. Our our electoral system is completely different from from anybody else's, really. It's run by old white men. Ours is a winner-take-all. <laughs> That's right. Winner-take-all. So you end up with two parties, and a third party has a really hard time because they got to get across that 50%. If you don't get 50%, nobody even hears about you. Yeah. Nobody even heard heard of a party if they don't get 50%. Because that's the only way to win. And and draconian election code mm-hmm. has a lot to do with that across the country. Now, there are plenty of people, and I am one of them, 
who says that forming a real workers' party is a necessary step for democracy in America. In other words, the unions really are going to have to start a workers' party sooner or later, one of these days. But just because one of them comes along and calls itself the workers' party doesn't make it one. I was on the executive board of the Workers' Party of America that was started back in the 1990s. And uh, I went to the I went to two meetings. One was in Chicago, and the other one I think was in Cleveland. And in the in the second one, the guy who was running it was Tony Masoki from the Oil Chemical and Atomic Workers. Okay. Somebody boxed him in and said, "Are we going to run candidates?" And he said, "No." He, uh. They boxed him in. And he finally said, "No." And then somebody said, "Are we ever going to run candidates?" And he he, he they boxed him in again. And he said, "No." We're not. Well, then, Dave, so what, is I your, said, what is your purpose? Why are you calling this the Workers' Party right. if you're not going to ever run candidates? He said, well, that was the condition that the unions made in order to give us any money to get this started. So so it wasn't the Workers' Party. It had the name. And a lot of people bring it up all the time. They say, well, we used to have a Workers' Party. But we, actually, really did. we actually didn't. No. A Workers' Party is one that is... Started by the unions because the unions are much, much more democratic than anything else that we're used to sometimes, in America. Sometimes painfully so. Painfully so <laughs> and slow. Yes. Sometimes it takes forever to make a decision That's in the right. union. You ask them for a $200 donation, it takes them six months to make, well, a, make so, a decision. In, in some places, yes, it yeah. does. <laughs> so, yeah. Unions are very, very democratic, and if they started a workers' party, here's the difference between the workers' party and, and particularly uh, the parties that you have heard of. The parties that you heard of have these big, long arguments about their program at their conventions, and sometimes they come up with drastically good programs. The Texas Democratic Party comes up with a wonderful program just about every time. I usually go to the state uh, Democratic yep. And they, uh, the, the resolutions that they pass, what they call the party platform, the mm -hmm. planks of the party platform, will be extremely progressive. It, yes. would, it would make uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez blush because it is extremely progressive. Yes. However, the candidates ignore it. Yep. The candidates in the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, they don't pay any attention to the, pl to the platform at all. They just go ahead and do whatever they want to. In a real workers' party, and if you did not carry out the real workers' program, they would kick you out that minute. Well, that just makes sense. That's the way a political party is supposed to it's work. Supposed and it to is work, the way right? they work in some places yeah. in Europe. Yeah. So you have to have, uh, you have to stick to the program. Yes. But here in America, the candidates just do anything they want to. And of course, in Russia, if you. Don't stick to the program. They poison you. They so. poison you, yeah. huh? <laughs> and then you try to come back, and they throw you in prison. Nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. I hope hope some more people bring up some yeah, great. Come on, y'all. Great up. ideas. What are y'all like doing? What are y'all doing? Wake we up. need a workers' Go party. On. We need a workers' party, but it would be very, very, very hard to do. And I think what the, I think what the most progressive union leaders would say is. That we are going to have a workers' party, but it's going to come out of our regular work with the Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know that. if that's really a, a good strategy or not, but that's their strategy. 
Okay. Uh, also at the Central Labor Council meeting on Thursday, another really good sign, I thought, was Travis Cantwell. Yes. He's just about the youngest person that comes to those meetings. I he's love about, him. He's about 25 or something no, like I, that. He's a little older than that. Is he? Not a whole lot. He's from the Plumbers Union. Yes. And, Plumbers uh, and pipe fitters and HVAC. All of those young people from the Young Active Labor Leaders Group, oh. uh, they know how to, how to operate their phones. And uh, that, to me, is just mysticism. <laughs> so I, I really look up to those people. And uh, of all of the techies in the Young Active Labor Leaders, I think Travis Cantwell is probably the star. He was showing me stuff. Yesterday afternoon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He you got was... another lesson from Travis, did you? Yeah, I got another see? lesson from Travis. Well, see, Gene and I don't have any children. Therefore, we have no grandchildren. Yeah. Therefore, we don't have... We don't know, have anybody to ask. We can't call up our grandkids and go, hey, can you help us? We have to rely on our, our, our brothers and the in younger brothers. The young active labor leader. Yes. Well, Travis Camp, well, anyway, he's the... He rep- he's on the executive board yes. of the Dallas FLCO, and he represents the constituency groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, his is Young Active Labor Leaders. That's the one he comes out of. Yes. But there are others, and he says he's going to try to activate as many of these as he possibly can because the truth is that most of them are not doing anything. Yeah. The Alliance for Retired Americans and the Young Active Labor Leaders are really active. The Coalition of Black Trade Unionists is somewhat activist, but more in Travis County than it, or more in Tarrant County Tarrant than it County. is in Dallas. Yeah. So some of them are doing something, but most of them are not. So uh, one of them that I would like to see activated more is the Labor Council for Latin American Achievement. Yeah. That is a wonderful organization, particularly for those who speak Spanish. And they are doing great stuff nationally. Man, yeah. And they have done great stuff in this area. Shout out to Gerardo Contreras. Yeah. If you ever wondered who put together all the floats in all the parades, when you see labor go by, it was Gerardo that did it. Gerardo has his own sound system. He's got his own barbecue outfit. He's got his own float for parades. And he's the man to see in labor if you want to make a public display. That man can cook some fajitas. And his (laughs) wife makes the best pico de gallo on the planet. All right. Swear to God. So I would like to see Labor Council for Latin American Achievement yeah. uh, uh, activated. What was the one that you were talking about, Bonnie? The A. Philip Randolph Institute. What do they do? Uh, they are an incredible uh, group. In fact, I just got the uh, quarterly magazine from Clara Caldwell in Houston, who is president mm-hmm. of the Tideland chapter. And the state. And the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, A. Philip Randolph Institute. Man, I'll tell you what, she is all over it. They have, even during the pandemic, they have been able to continue with some of the programs that they've uh, instituted. They have uh, uh, things for little kids where, you know, they they give them ideas to do entrepreneur things. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, it's just, it's really, really. But A. A. Philip Randolph himself was not only, not only a great African-American labor leader, he was practically the only one in national leadership from the, from the period from the 1930s into the 1960s. He argued for uh, racial justice in the AFL-CO in a period when they were not very receptive. Yeah. And he had, I've got a book called Black Labor Leaders, and 
all the way through it, there's these arguments from the AFL-CIO executive board Against. where A. Philip Randolph was on his side by himself, wow. and the rest of them were saying, let's ignore civil rights. And A. Philip Randolph was the architect of the March on Washington. 1963. In 1963. He was the architect. Everybody thinks Martin Luther King put that together, no, but it wasn't him. It was A. Philip Randolph and Joseph Lowry and other people that, oh man, it gives me goosebumps because we have a, a paper here with John Lewis and Reverend Lowry, uh, two of my absolute heroes. Uh, I had I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Reverend Lowry and hearing him preach at Munger Place United Methodist Church uh, when uh, Pastor Stovall was over that church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, if anybody goes to my Facebook page, you will see me standing between Colin Allred and John Lewis. All right, and it's that was. That was a fluke that I even got to go that day. But in the labor movement, it was A. Philip Randolph. A. Philip Randolph. For Absolutely. for decades, he was the voice of civil rights in the, in the AFL-CIO. Standing alone. Now, today, uh, AFL-CIO is thoroughly committed to racial justice. Yes. They have Black Lives Matter all over their, their, their the building, building yeah. in Washington, D.C. Well, our bu- the building got uh, uh, firebombed. But last, we don't uh, have, as far as I know... We don't have a functioning chapter of A. Philip Randolph in Dallas yes, that, that's meeting. Are they meeting? I think, yes, they are. Um, actually, Vanessa uh, Jones uh, is one of the officers. Sherilyn Samuel is another officer. From the, uh, from the, the bus drivers. The bus drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of, I can see her face. Okay, well. Yes, Reginald Reginald Small is also on that. Reginald Small was at uh, was at one of the meetings we had last week. Yes. For uh, for MLK. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's good news. Yeah, it is. So we need we need anyway to activate all of these constituency groups. Yeah. Another one I mentioned a while ago is the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists, which is is active more in Tarrant County than Dallas. Yes. And uh, Coalition of Labor Union Women. I'm a member. Is that meeting? I don't, we don't have a local chapter. Okay, we have a we state need one. chapter. We have a state chapter, and I belong to that. We need one. Yes. Don't we? We do. I, well, yeah. That's what Travis says. We need these younger women. Hello. And Pride at Work. <laughs> yes. Which is most of uh, the LGBTQ community, uh, community. Yes. Needs to have a chapter in labor. Yeah, you know, we used to have Pride at Work uh, at AT&T, and in CWA, we had a very large uh, mm-hmm. contingency of Pride at Work. Is that uh, a national, national yes, part of yes, it? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Uh, I know at our conventions, at our CWA conventions, uh, they always had a, a pretty good-sized caucus, mm-hmm. uh, and it was it's a lot of flight attendants. Uh, a lot of people from the uh, restaurant industry, mm-hmm. man, and it, it's for everybody. Well, everybody. We need a chapter. We need a chapter here, and Travis is committed to trying to make one. How about union veterans? We've had William Attic in Dallas from 
Yeah. He's the national leader for yeah. union veterans, and yep. he's doing a great job. Yes, he is. But uh, as far as I know, we don't have a chapter here. Yeah. And what about Blue Green Environmental Alliance? That would be Herb Keener. Herb Keener shows up for that every time. <laughs> yes, he does. But I don't know that we have a chapter that actually meets for the Blue Green Environmental Alliance. I, got, I heard last night that Gene Schultz is, in, is interested in that. I saw Because that. Texas AFL-CO, the state fed, has a uh, an outreach for environmental questions. Yes. And this is an uh, Jean is an expert for that because she works for the EPA, and uh, she's on the nas- the statewide committee for on environmental questions. Yeah. But we don't, as far as I know, no. have a chapter that meets here. There's not that many activists. The, the truth is that we are not a, a center of activism. No, in, the same uh, in people, North Texas. The same people show up. Every time yeah. for everything. We need yeah. to widen our circle. So when you hear that we're having a Zoom meeting about something uh, it, that you're interested in, come on, get on board. Well, m- most of these groups, anybody can join. You don't have to be a union member. Uh, it's not true of the Coalition of Labor Union Women, but it's true of right. nearly all of the others. And CBT. That anybody yeah. can join it. Yeah. yeah. And people should, because they need to have some representation with labor. Labor is the core of the progressive movement. You know, Here's two more. Is the NAACP included in as a constituency group? Not as, not as a labor uh, constituency group. Hmm. Very, very good organization. I happen to be a member of that. I happen to be one, too. But, they, uh, but, it's, but it's not one of the constituency groups for the AFL-CO. So if you wanted to be in the AFL-CO for civil rights, mm-hmm. A. Philip Randolph would be that or one. Coalition of Black Trade yeah. Unionists would be the way to get in. Yep. There's another one called Domestic Workers United. Yeah. There's one called National Union, uh, National Professional Union Association. Okay. So it's for people uh, in nonprofits. That's okay. what it is. Nonprofit Union Association. Okay, for people in the and nonprofit that's, industry. They just organized the ACLU. That's awesome. Yeah, but they don't have a chapter here as far well, as I know. we should get that. And the Asian Pacific American Labor yes. Alliance. If if you're Asian or somewhat Asian or if you're interested in Asian civil liberties. Let's talk about our vice president. You could be in that one. Our new vice president happens to be a member of that community. Yes. And, <laughs> and we need we need a chapter of Apollo, Asian Pacific American Latin Alliance. So we can have all of those if we just had some some people step up and want to want to be in it. You know, all of these uh, Los Hermanos. Uh, used to be. Oh, we have to take a break. That's what Jason says. All right, we are back. back. We're hurrying because we don't. We only we have, get another ten. We only minutes. have to get ten minutes, so we have to get get going. If, so if, if you, you want to call, call, you've got to call now. Nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. That's right. Union popularity has hit sixty five percent mark. That's the highest it's been. Woo! And something else from Thursday night, uh, Rhonda Marsh said that she went to the AFLCO Racial Justice Task Force, and uh, they did constructive conversations to promote racial. Equality. Awesome. That was a national meeting. I, I, you know, I find it so interesting that all of a sudden 
I hear these corporations adopting uh, racial equality uh, courses and awareness, racial awareness classes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, where have y'all been? Where have y'all been? (laughs) You know, Dr. Uh, Reverend Barnett this morning was talking about reparations, and I don't think people understand the the thought process behind reparations it the african american people in this country have been robbed of generational wealth and and that's what it's about yeah. how many african american people uh, grandfathers and great grandfathers and uh, are passing down wealth to their family if you believe that labor <laughs> creates all wealth which is what Abraham Lincoln believed. Right. That labor creates all wealth. Then who created all the wealth in the South for 400 years? That would be African Americans. That would be labor. Yeah, and labor. That's uh-huh. right. Well, they are. They, they were are like, labor. Right. That was labor for 400 years. Right. See? Right. So. So come nine, on, man. Nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. There's a woman named Susana Prieto, who is trying to organize a union in Mexico. And she's getting arrests and death threats. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we need to be supportive of union people in other countries. It's in in the United States. It's very, very hard to organize a union, but they usually they don't kill you. They don't usually kill you. No, they don't usually kill you for it. So it's it's a plus here. You know, Nancy Hall went to uh, Colombia. Several mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, uh, where they do trip, kill where you. Where they do kill you. Mm-hmm. They were under armed guard their entire time there. They had to be moved at night. Right. Because they were there to meet with labor leaders in Colombia. Just union people. Union people. But they tried to organize Coca-Cola down there, Whoa. and they got killed. They killed them. Mr. Biden fired Peter Robb. <laughs> yeah. He and- asked for his resignation first. He gave him, gave him 24 hours. Gave him 24 hours. Either you can resign or we can terminate you. So they fired him. Bye. He, they, this was a union buster that used to yes. work for the National Right to Work Committee. Yes. And he, he was, was the head of the Labor Department. He was the, well, he was the head of the NLRB. <laughs> National Labor Relations National Labor Board. Relations Board. He was the general counsel. And oh, uh, unions God. were really trying to get rid of him. Mr. Trump, all the time he did these appointments, it, he pointed anti-labor <laughs> to labor. He pointed anti-school to schools. Anti-environmentalists to, to the environment. Yeah. And uh, so, Mr. Biden, public housing, or Mr. Biden got rid of Peter Robb, and the unions are celebrating. There's another celebration in the paper this morning: the attempt to take away civil service from uh, from public employees. Yes. See, civil service was put in a long time ago because there was so much corruption in government. So they had civil service come in so that you couldn't just appoint your sister-in-law to, to run everything. But Mr. Trump tried to throw that out, and Mr. Biden has stopped it. So unions are kind of jumping up and down with joy. But if they don't get the PRO Act passed, uh, the long-term thing is that we have to be able to organize. Yeah. And for years, ever since 1947, American government has made it harder and harder and harder to organize. We also got a new uh, FCC head who actually believes in net neutrality. 
Hallelujah. So, so, so that the Internet is not going to be taken over by the government? No, the Internet is not going to be taken over by the government. She is, she is incredible. She believes in net neutrality, and she believes and wants to expand broadband throughout this country. Great. And ever since the pandemic started, <laughs> unions have been saying that there should be some government regulations to protect workers on the job. That's right. But they couldn't get it from the Trump administration. Now they are getting it from the Biden administration. Yay! He put out an executive order for emergency safety protections, and it will save lives, according to the AFLCI. It will save lives, and you, you, uh, because we have these companies that are not supplying personal protective equipment like they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a caller. Okay, thanks for calling. Hello. Hello. Hey, how y'all doing, Dave? All right, Good. man. How are you? Doing like fine wine. <laughs> we just get we getting we older just, and better. Huh? We just get better, right? Yeah. What's up down today? Home, I got a, a restaurant. You got some musky damn wine. <sighs> I drive. I go back there. I'm gonna get damn wine. You bring, you need to bring that muscadine wine and bring some to me, or I'll come get it. Yeah. I like muscadine wine. Uh, yeah, I like muscadine wine and blackberry wine. Oh, man. See, now you're a guy after my heart. This is, this is the wino caucus. That's right. This is the wino caucus over here. Okay. <laughs> I remember back in the day, my grandpa would tell a field of wine behind his bed every night. We'll see. Is that right? He probably slept like a baby, too, didn't he? Yeah. And lived to a long, a ripe age. Yeah, I'm just thinking about what's going on with Trump. He's trying to overthrow it. He's trying to overthrow it. He's trying to overthrow it. He ain't right. He ain't right. He ain't never been right. Did you, did you, did you hear about the, uh, did you hear about the publication that Mr. Trump's committee made which said that racism was not so bad in America and that all of the slave owners, the slave owners were pretty good guys, and he called this restoring patriotic education, and the um, head of the American Historical Association says, quote, it's a hack job. There you go. So, yeah, I, I just remember what the address is about this morning about Texas, law bad state. In the most law bad state in the other state. That's right. <laughs> Y'all have a blessed, blessed day. Thank you, my brother. You too. Okay. Don't forget that muscadine wine. Now. The Trumpsters have lost the uh, the claim that they're law abiding. Oh, now that yeah, they, they have, lost that on January they sixth. Ransacked okay? the Capitol. And and all you there's and there's six of them so far mm-hmm. from Texas, from North Texas. Now, when we leave, which will be in one minute, <laughs> one minute, you can't call after that. In fact, you better not call now because we don't have time. We have uh, during that last ten minutes of our of our hour, so-called hour, uh, we are we're going to have an interview that is recorded with a woman who is a supporter of the unions and has never been in a union in her entire life, and and yet she has figured out that labor is the core of the progressive movement. Wow. And so that's why I interviewed her. You find the smartest people. Well, it was pretty easy to find her because she made a contribution to the... Oh, to she's the, one of our supporters. Yeah. Oh, that's well, awesome. Well, just on her own. Yeah. Because she honestly believes that labor is the core of the progressive movement, which is what I've been saying 
As long as I've been on this radio show. She's right. Okay. We got to go. Say goodbye, Bonnie. Goodbye, Bonnie. He cut off my applause. (laughs) 